Just a disclaimer. Yes, the end is intended to be weird and a comedy show, but please, we're not trying to romanticize the idea of death or of killing your besties. It's just that, one, gotta bring some humor into this dark world, and two, this is way too short to add emotional crap. And this is heavily based on our short story from March, so if you want the actual thing that isn't weird as heck, we can send it to you. That being said, trigger warning that there's going to be some gory stuff, so if you can't stand that, peace out. Anyway, let's begin. Hey yo, it's Madison, and I'll be voicing Anne-Marie Baudelaire in this podcast. Hi, Lucy speaking. This is how you'll probably be hearing me and Jacqueline Grillon. Sorry to those who actually know how to speak in a British accent. I take one last shaky breath and push. Metal meets flesh as the knife spares into Jacqueline's chest. Her eyes widen as she looks down at the already expanding halo of red forming around the wound and inflicted. My hand slide off the knife. Unable to contain their shaking, I clench them into fists and lower them to my side. I search her swollen eyes. A space where I had once found joy and laughter, yet in there lay such sorrow and hurt that I can't bear to look away. I hold her gaze, slowly shaking my head in horror and shock at what I'd done. And yet, part of me felt good. I somehow felt, deep down, that Jacqueline had deserved what I'd done to her. Deserved to lose her life so I could have mine. Though I knew that if I had not killed her, she would have done just that to me. And that she had already planned to do it for months before today. I, or at least the moral side of me, still knew and believed that what I did was completely, utterly wrong. When I finally glanced towards the glimmering hilt of the knife still protruding from the side of her chest, then back to her eyes, the expression in them had changed. Deep anger and resentment swirled in them, so pure and intense it was like a storm I couldn't escape from, no matter how far I ran. Jacqueline falls to her knees, hitting the floor with a quiet thump. I suck in a pained breath and watch, paralyzed to the spot where I now stand. A part of me tempted to sink to my knees myself and beg for her forgiveness. I dig my nails deeper into my palms, relishing the pain. I went, though. I couldn't. If I do, I know that I will lay there and never let go. A sudden rush of thoughts and emotions I couldn't quite think to place began streaming into my head. I realized with a jolt that I had given up on Jacqueline, in redemption and reparation and hope. Hope that we could heal. Hope that we could rekindle our friendship, truly this time. I catch myself just as my body starts to fall in, gaining back my equilibrium, and I run. A sudden rush of thoughts and emotion I couldn't think to place began streaming into my head and heart, and I realized with a jolt that I'd given up in Jacqueline, in redemption, in reparation, in hope. Hope that we could heal. Hope we could rekindle our friendship, truly this time. I catch myself just as my body starts to fall in, gaining back my equilibrium, and I run. I re-enter my consciousness and I'm flung into the reality of the situation. I reach a tentative finger down to where the bullet is still lodged into my leg. I feel a slick wetness in my own blood and pull away. I force myself to haul my body up with massive effort, my injured leg screaming at me to lay back down. I feel a sudden burst of pain in my diaphragm, my lungs only able to take shallow breaths without hurting. As my legs start to paralyze, spreading from the bullet wound to my toes, it hits me that the bullet was coated in belladonna. My vision blurs just as my legs give out and I collapse to the ground. I try to blink the fog out, but I can't, not with the poison that I know is running in my system. I see the light silhouette of Jacqueline's body in the distance, the vision of it haunting me. I feel my emotions working with the poison, utterly destroying me in the light of Jacqueline's betrayal. I don't want to believe it. 
even after she had placed a gun on my head, even after she had killed those people and injured me, even after she had shot me with a poison bullet designed to kill, I still didn't want to believe that the girl who had been my best friend, the closest thing I'd ever had to a sister, had betrayed me. I don't want to believe that in the end, I turned what she taught me against her too. I'd stabbed her, killed her, ended her life to save mine, and I'd done it in vain. I didn't want to believe that I'd just been as willing to kill her as she was me, that a part of me didn't come close to regretting what I did. I didn't want to believe that after everything, this would be the end. Anne's a third of the way to the main street by the time I find my voice. Wait. Despite that natural reluctance she so often has, she obeys, shoving round to face me. I hold out her hand, a silent order to approach. She does so with great caution, her eyes never leaving the spot where she had stabbed me. I look up at her with a tight grimace. Anne. She looks at me now. I stare back into Anne's eyes and suddenly I feel such rage that I almost choke. Rage at the world, rage at a situation, rage at her. I want to scream, I want to take life and grab it by its throat. I want to shake it until it falls limp in my hands. I yell at it, scream. I taste the metallic tang of my blood in my mouth and realise I'm biting my tongue. I force myself to swallow. No repeat. Anne. I'm rooting for her. Hound up stretched and slick with my own blood. I can't control it to the realisation that strikes. I have to do this. I can't just let it go. And Maria, I'm sorry. My voice turns pleading and full of anger, full of the pain I feel and can't rid myself of. I can't let myself pull from my gun as much as I know this is wrong. So very wrong. I can't do this, but I can't control myself either. I suppose we'll die enemies in the end. The dark muzzle of the gun is pointed at Anne's face. It's an empty hole from which the bullet leaves, void of black. She runs in a serpentine pattern, trying to dodge my bullet and minimise the amount of damage that might be inflicted, but it's already too late. My head spins. The moments from which I shoot the bullet when it enters Anne's leg happens in slow motion. Just as if I'm seeing the final moments from recording, frame after frame after frame. Frame one, I'm clutching the gun, my body staggering with the loss. The gun's black barrel glinting in the dim light. I stare at the Ouroboros, the symbol of the Mafia, mocking my blatant portrayal of my allies. Frame two, my fingers resting on the trigger, caressing its smooth surface. Almost unable to pull it before my muscles unfreeze and the impulse, my motions, forces it to happen. Frame three, I manage to fire the bullet and watch as it's frozen mid-air, hovering in empty space between us. I can't move. The accelerating beat of my heart matters the bullet and I begin to lose control, lose control of myself. Frame four, the bullet hits Anne's leg, tearing through skin and bones and lodges itself in her thigh. The deed is done. Neither of us will live. I've kept our promise, betraying the very person I swore with in the process. Frame five, I watch Anne fall to the ground, her legs spilling first one drop of crimson, then another, then a steady stream of blood to the cold floor. Denise, our fallen bodies. I can't breathe. I don't know what to do, what to say, how to act. I don't know one single bit. I know I should apologize for killing her, or perhaps should do it again as repayment for her shooting me, or even should just let go and allow myself to pass into whatever afterlife there is, together, with her. But I don't want to do that, any of that. Pulling my head up, I peer at Jacqueline. Her glowing eyes reflect a maturity so far beyond her years. A maturity I've always known and accepted, perhaps more than most.
Sometimes I'd watch that clear sign of her old soul disappear in favor of a younger, livelier person. I realized suddenly that it was this oldness I'd recognized her in her that day at the library, that it had shown itself for the first time in years. But buried underneath that seemingly flat expression was a look that makes me want to wrench my hands into that bullet wound and push. Drive that poison so deep inside me that I would have no chance of surviving the night. The regret and resentment that flows inside those deep blue pools that are her eyes fight and contrast against each other, both trying to dominate her. I regard them, my own eyes burning and threatening to spill out tears. I have to hold them back, knowing they wouldn't stop after they started. I can't control this. I simply cannot. I don't know what's happening. I'm doubling over, uncontrollably. Maybe it's blood that was settling in. I see Jacqueline begin to lose it. I have to tell her before this happens. I have to tell her I'm sorry before I die. I have to do this. I stare at her as she collapses. I, I, I'm sorry. Her voice shook. It wasn't resentment to me. It was resentment to herself. Jacqueline. Her voice is surprisingly steady, so much more stable than I am. I crumple. I can't do this anymore. I can't. You should have lived, Amari. You should have lived. It's dry. My tongue feels like lead. I'm completely numb. I'm dying. Jacqueline collapses. I'm literally dying. Oh my god, she's actually dead. Peace out. Anyways, uh, yeah, I think you get what I meant in the beginning. But, um, yay, that's over. Thanks so much for listening, people, and feel free to send a message to Massive Lotus Corporation, that's me and Madu, to order the full story and we'll ship it to you right away. Metaphorically, of course.